Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Praise God and let's thank God for another beautiful day. We are very privileged and blessed. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning into Bible Platform. And I believe and trust that the Lord is going to do us good as we go through today's Bible study. Father, be exalted. We pray that you shed your light on your infallible word as you empower and lead us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for a time like this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to thank you. I'm very grateful anytime I come your way with the word of God that at least I have you there to give me audience. I'm going to share with you on a very important topic, praying the promises of God into manifestation. Praying the promises of God into manifestation. It is not enough for us to receive the promises of God. We have to spend time. After we receive the promises of God, we read the Bible. God is saying something. You desire that God bring to fruition what he has promised in his word, in your life. You have to take time to pray the promises into manifestation. First Chronicles chapter 17 verse 23. 1 Chronicles 17 23. And now Lord, let the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house be established forever. Do as you promised. This was David praying. And David asked God to fulfill the promises that he has given him. That's not to say that when God gives promise, um, he forgets. But for our own sake, so that we will really know that this is coming from God. Obviously, we will not need to pray to remind God of his promises. Before you call our answer, why are you speaking, I will hear. The general rule, however, is that God wants us to focus on him all the time. And one of the ways he helps us to stay focused is to keep the communication line open. And so when God gives us promises, it is important that we lift up those promises up in prayer and to remind him of the promises. The word remind there can be a bit confusing because it seems to suggest that God forgets. God never forgets. Like I said from the beginning, it's all about our human understanding. So we bring everything to the level of our understanding in order for us to be able to meet God at the point where we will understand his ways to the glory of his name. So we're talking about promises and we want to begin by asking ourselves, what is the meaning of promise, the word promise? The word promise simply means that you are giving a verbal commitment, or let me say it's a verbal commitment by one person to another person, a verbal commitment, verbal, what we say or saying something to another person, agreeing to do or not to do something in the future. Simply put, I tell you or I say to another person, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this or that in the future. I have given him or her a promise. The God of the Bible is a God of promise. The God of the Holy Bible is a promise maker. 
It gives promises. The Bible is full of promises. For instance, God has promised us eternal life. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. 1 John 2, 25. And it reads, And this is the promise that he has promised us. Even eternal life. Even eternal life. Now, saints, I want us to understand that this promise is the greatest promise that God has given us. Too many times you hear Christians say, I have a testimony. I have a testimony. So, I testify about God blessing me financially. That's good. I testify about God blessing me with a job. Excellent. I testify about God giving me traveling mercies. God blessing me with a married partner. And we go on and on and on. God blessing me with good physical health. All that is excellent. But we hardly hear these days saints of God declaring that the blessing of eternal life is very important in our reckoning. In other words, we tend to take lightly the things of the eternal. Why we focus so much on the temporal? And we make the temporal look like the best fulfilled promise that we ever received from God. But I tell you what, the greatest promise God has given you and I, believers in Christ, and the greatest promise he has given to anyone out there under the sound of my voice, who is not a believer, is eternal life. You will not be separated from God if you give your life to Jesus Christ. Not only here in this life, but in the hereafter. So, as is stated in 1 John 2.25, and I want to take it again. I want to take it again. And this is the promise. The promise. Specific promise. This is the promise that he, talking about God, has promised us even eternal life. So, if you take this promise out of the scheme of things, every other promise is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Because you can be an unbeliever and still acquire the things of the world. In fact, there are unbelievers who have more than we, we have. And if it's only in this life, Paul says, that we have hope in Christ, we are most to be pitied. I want us to draw our minds to the greatest gift that has been promised us. I'm speaking of a God who is a promise maker. And I'm saying that one of the greatest promises that this God, who is a promise maker, he makes promises, a promise giver, is that he has given us the promise, or he has promised us eternal life. Now the second thing I want to highlight on, the second promise, or the second thing that relates to promise, is our faith. Whatever we believe in God is based on God's promises to us. Whatever we believe in God. We don't see it, but because God has said it. Remember in defining the word promise, I said that it is a verbal promise that one makes to another. Indeed, that promise can even be written that one makes to another. That in the future he will do or not do something. So here I'm stressing the, the second point that our faith is based on God's promises to us. If we take away God's promises, our faith in God collapses. Let's look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13. 2 Peter 3 13. Nevertheless, 
Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Let me take it again. Nevertheless, we, talking about believers, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth. We look for the new heavens and the new earth based on the promises that God has given us. The point, therefore, is established that our God is a promise maker. He makes promises. He makes promises. I'm developing a point, and I want this first point to hit home clearly before we move on. Now, the third point, the third point I want us to realize is that God, who is a promise maker, promised to bless Israel. So we see that nature of promise, promise, promise in the God that we worship. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, the verse number 3. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, the verse number 3. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord. The God of your fathers promised you, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers promised you. So the God of the Bible, the God that you and I worship, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is a God who makes promises. He promised to bless Israel, and indeed, he blessed Israel. And today, Natural Israel is still walking in that blessing. Giving its size and giving where it is located and giving the exploits in agriculture, in science, in every field of endeavor, you can clearly see the blessing of God on this small nation. God has promised and God cannot take back the promise. He is watching over his promise to fulfill it. Praise God. Praise God. So, I've made the point, the scripture has endorsed it, that the God of the Holy Bible is a promise maker. God makes promises. So, when you take your Bible, when you are studying the Bible, when you are reading the Bible, look out for the promises that God has made. Above all, to continue in the faith, to be strong in the faith, to grow in the faith, to be consistent in your work with Christ. You need to keep reminding yourself of the most important promise that Christ or God has given. It does not have to do with material things. So that when you stand upon that promise, you may lose everything. But you know that you know that you know that there is one thing that cannot be taken away from you. It is God's promise of eternal life. As read in 1 John chapter 2 verse 25. And to refresh your mind, maybe I take it again. And this is the promise. And I stress the word there. Making the promise a very specific one. It says, and this is the promise that he has promised us. Even eternal life. Even eternal. So the specific promise for us being encouraged to receive Christ. To walk in the word. To live a life that glorifies God. Is based on this promise of eternal life. 
praise God. And because he is a promise maker, when he speaks, he fulfills it. That takes me to the second important point. That the God of the Holy Bible is a promise keeper. God keeps his promises. Many people make promises. It's not many people can, but indeed, many people make promises and they never fulfill them. Sometimes, it may not be their fault. For instance, somebody promises you to give you a certain amount of money based on some expectation. Now, when that expectation is not fulfilled, he is unable to carry through the promise that he's made. And that should not peeve you. That should rather encourage you to pray for the person. Husbands and wives make promises to each other, sometimes for some setback that the individual may experience, unanticipated setback. He or she may not be able to carry through the promise. And I dare to humbly suggest that when that happens, we should not talk one another down because as long as it is not something within our control, we cannot be, seriously speaking, held responsible for whatever promise we have made. But on the other side, there are people or there are times that we make promises that are, are based on presumption. The promise may be too big. And we may be overstretching our faith. And when that happens, we present ourselves not as people who are, have integrity or can be trusted because we shatter the hopes of people. So I dare to suggest that like the God of the Bible, who would tell us what he knows is capable of doing, we should give promises based on what we know we can do and not on the basis of what we cannot do. Otherwise, otherwise, the impression we give to people is that we are not trustworthy because we are not able to keep our promises. You are listening to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. Saints of God, the God we worship is a promise keeper. If for some reason you have promised somebody to do something for the person and you are unable to do it, confront the issue, apologize if you must, if you can, look at the options that are available to mitigate the effect of that promise and make sure that you keep the slate clean and your integrity intact. Very, very important. I want you to note this, that the God of the Bible does not make just any promise. He is not just a promise maker. He keeps his promises. And as he is, so must we be. Let me take this scripture in Joshua chapter 22 verse 4. Joshua chapter 22 verse 4. God had promised Israel that he was going to give them rest. 
It was going to bring them to a place where the roaming and traveling without a definite destination was going to come to an end. That was the promise. Now let's see whether the promise was fulfilled or kept. Joshua 22 verse 4. Now that the Lord your God has given your brothers rest as he promised. So God kept their promise. Let me take it again. Now that the Lord your God has given your brothers rest as he promised. Return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. So God kept his promise. He kept his promise to give the people rest. And Joshua testified about God's faithfulness in keeping his promise. Again, we see God keeping his promise to redeem rebellious Israel from captivity. Very, very important. Israel rebelled against God. The kings, many of them, walked away from God and walked in idolatry. They led the people into sin and worshiping of other gods. God sent prophets to them to warn them that if they did not change their ways, he was going to allow them to go into captivity. Well, they did not. They did not heed the call of God to repent. And so God exacted judgment on them. But in the midst of judgment, that's why I, I love the God of the Bible. That's why I love Jesus. In the midst of judgment, he dispenses mercy. So God here dispenses mercy. And God promised that he was going to redeem his people and bring them out of captivity. So the prophets went declaring that God was going to redeem his people. Now, Psalm 126 Psalm 126, the verses 1 and 2 testify about the people's reaction when the promise was fulfilled. And can I take that with your indulgence? Psalm 126, verses 1 to 2, the first part of verse 2. When the Lord brought back the captive to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. This was the testimony of the people. That when God brought them out of captivity, when God fulfilled his promise, they were like men who were dreaming. They couldn't believe it. And their mouths were filled with laughter and their tongues with songs of joy. You may be there and you may be expecting God to come through for you in some area of your life. You have been hoping and praying. Maybe even go to a point of disappointment or giving up uh, because the promise has tarried and you are, you are simply not believing anymore that is going to manifest. I believe with everything within my heart and spirit that the same God who promised redemption from this captivity and fulfilled it will come through for you. Will come through. He will come through for you. You will not die in shame and disgrace. No. The glory of the Lord is settled upon you and faithful is he who has promised. He will come through for you. He said it to Israel, as I've read in Psalm 1 to 6, verse 1 and 2. He fulfilled it. And I pray that even as you listen to me, the same joy and laughter that came upon the people will be your portion to the glory of Christ, our Lord and personal Savior. I know God will do it for you. Whatever God has said to you, whatever God has said about you, whatever God has said concerning you, he will surely do it. Keep the faith. And keep trusting. Third important thing I want to share with you about the promises of God is that 
the promises of God are time bound. The promises of God are time bound. What am I saying? That when God gives a promise, the promise manifests within a certain time frame. And many times, God does not declare the time. So Jesus tells us that he couldn't even tell us the exact timing of his coming. All he could tell us, being walking here on earth in flesh, imposing that limitation on himself, is that there are signs. And he shared with us the signs preceding his coming. But the actual time on the clock, he said he cannot share that. So the point I'm trying to put across now is that God's promises are time-bound. In other words, they may take time. They take time. The promise of God gives you a promise, but the promise is for a specific time. And when that time comes, the promise will manifest. Let's look at Jeremiah 33, verse 14. Jeremiah 33, verse 14. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel. <laughs> this is interesting. The days are coming. In other words, I'm not telling you the actual day. The countdown is on. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel. Yes, dear, your day is coming when you will see the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. So, as I began by saying, you got to keep praying about it so that it stays in your mind, it stays in your heart, the vision still is before you and you don't lose track of it. Hope is kept alive as you keep praying, believing God for the promise to find fulfillment in your life. And remember, what I'm stressing right now is that the promise is time-bound. The promise is time-bound. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3, very popular scripture. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it because it will surely come hallelujah to the lamb of god though it tarries wait for it god has given you a promise wait for it it will surely come it will surely come that's what the scripture says Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Then again in Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24, verse 49. And I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured with power from on high. Until, timing, wait, timing. Wait until the power is released into you before you step out. He didn't tell them it's going to come next week, next month, next year. He just said, wait. The promise is hanging, but the promise will be fulfilled. Wait for it. Praise God. And let me give you one more, maybe two more points before we run up for today. Some of the promises are preceded by testings and trials. And the demand from you and I faith and perseverance in order to be able to possess the promise. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised. 
You see, the man who perseveres under trial, because he has stood the test, he will receive. So there's a test in, that comes with some of the promises. And we must be able to pass the test. The trials, we must be able to go through them. We can't run away from them and still claim the promises. The love of God does not absolve us from trials and tribulations. Second Corinthians 11.25 Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. These are difficult times, hard times for the apostle. He went through all this for the sake of the gospel. If it is the way the master went, we should brace ourselves for it. Finally, the promises of God find fulfillment in the lives of those who are prepared to assess them. You must be prepared to assess the promises. If you are not prepared to assess the promises, they may not be fulfilled in your life. So Malachi 3.16 tells us, Then those who fear the Lord talk with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in its presence. I just want to pray with you. What are promises hanging over your life? Maybe for healing, maybe for deliverance from some emotional torment, maybe for a job, married partner, whatever it is, whatever it is. I know a God who is not only a promise maker, but a promise keeper. He will come through for you. Be thou encouraged that faithful is he who has promised. He will also do it. Father, I pray for my brother, I pray for my sister, who is trusting in your promise for a door to open in his or her life. I say a big amen this day, because I see with a high of faith that you have kept the promise as they continue to believe in the fullness of time. Even as I pray right now, the door is open and power from on high is endured upon them to possess their possessions. God bless you. Once again, your friend Pastor Ansimeta saying thank you for sharing your time with me on Bible Platform. Keep loving Jesus. There is no God like our God. Bye. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. Tune in same time next week. God bless you.